This is an energy sport podcast. Insightful, in-depth and entertaining sports content from Napier to you. Hello and welcome to another edition of Broken Front Wings, the F1 podcast on energy sport. We have back-to-back race weekends and this weekend it is the Spanish Grand Prix at the Circuit de Catalunya in Barcelona. As always, I'm joined by Matthew Henderson. Hello. Hello, hello. Indeed, we do have back-to-back race weekends, which is always exciting because, yeah, more F1. But it is at a very boring track, historically, so, yeah. It is. It doesn't traditionally produce the best races. I'm trying to think the last time we had a good race in Barcelona, and I think it was probably 2017 was the last time we had anything approaching exciting. Yeah, I think it's worth noting that the fact We've not been testing at Barcelona this year. Now, it's going to be interesting to see whether that is the fact, main factor in producing a boring race or not. I mean, it won't be definitive, but if we have an absolute stormer of a race, then F1 might need to think about that. Because, obviously, every year we've been testing at Barcelona. This year, we didn't test at Barcelona. We tested at um, Bahrain. So it was just going to be interesting to see what kind of difference that makes. However... Testing at Bahrain didn't actually seem to affect the quality of the race because that's one of the best races we've had uh, this season. So yeah, mm. testing in Bahrain wasn't entirely representative though, as there was sandstorms, no. there was a lot of wind, and also testing in Bahrain took place during the day for the most part, not during night when the race takes place. Of course, F one has tested at Barcelona historically for around twenty odd years or so, which means the teams have thousands upon thousands of laps of data available for Barcelona. It's probably the track they know the best. Yeah, I think that's what makes it makes it so boring, because the teams can just so perfectly dial their cars in um, for that race. And, yeah, it's just a bit of a procession, really. It's a classic, her- boring Harman Tilka, whatever the hell's name is, it's something Tilka. Um, mm. It's one of his tracks, and to be fair, he has a he does have some decent tracks, like um, Circuit of the Americans in Austin, Texas. Um, it's a pretty good track. It's on my bucket list of ones I want to go see in real life. Um, but yeah, it's just... His tracks aren't known for being uh, interesting in Barcelona. It's just... I don't know. Whenever Barcelona comes around, you're just like, okay, right, let's get it out of the way. I'll set my alarm for the end of the race, so when I fall asleep, <laughs> you know... Mm. And one thing that could actually make the racing more exciting would be if we had the softest in the range of Pirelli tyres forcing more than one stop. Unfortunately, however, we have the same compounds of tyre as last week. We've got the C1 hard, the C2 medium and the C3 soft, which are at the very hardest in the range of tyres that Pirelli can bring to circuits. Yeah, I noticed that. It would be nice, as you say, if they brought some softer ones. Um, They did that for... Um, the second Silverstone race, they brought um, one one compound softer, um, than they did for the British Grand Prix. Obviously, they did back to back races. They had the seventy eighth anniversary after the British Grand Prix, and for the second race, they had a different compound attire. Um, I'm not sure how much that actually affected the race, but yeah, it would have been nice if they just um, pushed up that forced the teams to pit more often. Hmm, and. Bearing in mind this, is probably not going to be an exciting race. I hope the fact that we are 
dissing the track and saying it's going to be a boring race means we're going to get a belter, but it's unlikely. So who would your money be on for the race win? It's hard to say. Um, I would like to say Max Verstappen. Um, it just depends how, how if he makes any mistakes. And I think Max Verstappen is actually who I'm going to say because they've had it's they test her so much. He it's a track he knows quite well. He's made mistakes at Imola and, uh, and at Portugal, obviously Bahrain as well, but namely Portugal and Imola. And no, sorry, he didn't make mistakes at Imola. What was saying? I'm at, talking absolute bollocks. But he made a couple of mistakes at, um, at Portugal. It's a track he doesn't know very well. One that I don't think he likes after him saying. Uh, a couple of days ago that he hopes F1 never returns to the Algarve circuit so um, yeah I think if it's a, it's a track he knows well um, all the drivers know well the teams um, particularly Red Bull for Max Verstappen's case can make sure that car is set up exactly for that circuit they know how it works um, this year's cars are very similar to last year's cars and last year they tested at Barcelona as normal and one thing I'm interested to see is we haven't tested at Barcelona this year like we usually do. So I'm interested to see whether that affects the racing or not. Um, but yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting and potentially start up an interesting debate for our podcast on Sunday. Mm. Certainly, uh, my money would be on Max Verstappen for the win as well, as long as he eliminates the mistakes because he made two yes. very costly mistakes in Portugal. I mean, he tra- both track limits mistakes. We're not going to talk about track limits. Neither of us have the brain space for that. But he made two mistakes. One cost him pole, and the other one cost him the point for fastest lap. So he needs to eliminate the mistakes, especially when you're in a title fight with Lewis Hamilton, because he will just not make mistakes. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's what Lewis Hamilton's known for. I mean, as much as when Lewis Hamilton wins the race, we all kind of roll their eyes and go, okay, Lewis, well done. Pat on the back. There you go. Here's your billionth title. Um, sorry, billionth trophy, it feels like. Um, he just, th- there's a reason why he is so good, and it's because he just doesn't make mistakes. He's flawless. Um, many are saying, oh, is Max Verstappen ready? He's only 23. He's been in the sport six years now. He's seven, he was 17 when he started. That's just nuts to think that he's been here six years already. Um, and this will be his and- 100th race for Red Bull. Oh, will it? Um, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's something I didn't know. But yeah, if if he's going to ever win the title fight, he has the car to do it. He just, as you say, he needs to eliminate those mistakes and then he can, he, he'll be on to winner. Literally. <laughs> and someone who also needs to eliminate the mistakes is Valtteri Bottas. And there have actually been rumours circulating in the last week or so that Bottas will be out of his seat mid-season at Mercedes. However, Mercedes have scotched these rumours, and Valtteri Bottas himself has called these rumours bullshit. So, if we do have a Bottas win this weekend, we could be in for a to-whom-it-may-concern moment. Which I touted yes. in the last race, but never happened. Always like a to-whom-it-may-concern to whom it may concern moment. Um, Of course, the first one, he, there was a lot of talk, is he good enough, that kind of thing, and he wouldn't win the race, and then there's a uh, post-race radio message, he just said, to whom it may concern, fuck you. That's basically what he said. Um, And I feel like the last time he did it, I think it was at Russia. It was. the Russian Grumpy. And I kind of just felt like it was a bit like, okay, 
So yeah, I don't know. It's almost it's almost interesting when he kind of when when Bottas gets a bit riled up because he's usually just quite placid, and it's just like yeah, Bottas he's calm, doesn't stir up much drama or controversy. But when he does, it's um, people take notice. To be fair, mm, they do indeed. And another story that is in the media this week concerning Mercedes is they have announced that Roman Grosjean will make his return behind the wheel of an F1 car where he will do demo runs in the 2019 Mercedes at the French Grand Prix before giving a full day test. This comes will be the first time Roman Grosjean's got behind the wheel of an F1 car since his horror crash in Bahrain, which is it's lovely to see him back and able to do able to drive a Formula One car again. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I think the test is going to be taking place some time before the uh, the French Grand Prix, and I can't exactly remember where that is, but um, uh, sorry, when that is, but yeah, it's definitely great to see. He's been driving an Indy car, so it's not like he's completely out of the out of the loop. Um, and I've just looked; the French Grand Prix is going to be taking place on the twenty fifth to twenty seventh of June. So sometime around uh, mid to late June, we can expect to see him in that Mercedes. Um, but yeah, he's been um, he's been driving an Indy car. had a had one or two races so far. Um, yeah, so it's, it is really good to see. Um, it's miraculous that he's even here to for us to talk about. So very excited to see him in the Mercedes. Mm-hmm. He has been having a very good season in Indy car. I think he's currently on course for Rookie of the Year, which is. Impressive, considering he's not taking part in the oval rounds, at least for the moment. But yeah, yeah. we're very happy to see Grosjean back behind the wheel of a Formula One car. One other thing that is uh, worth noticing, read a couple of days ago, that McLaren are the only team so far this season to have both their drivers score in the points at every single race. Um, of course, the big teams, the other big teams, Mercedes and Red Bull, have. Uh, outperformed them in the constructors championships, but both of those teams have had drivers either not finish a race or finish outside the points. Um, and all the other teams that are performing worse than McLaren, um, so fourth downwards, they've all had drivers consistently finish outside the points. So it's just an interesting point. Um, I think this just shows more of what McLaren really can do. And in my mind, McLaren are back not to their former glory of winning world championships. But they're almost there. Um, they're definitely getting in the right people, developing the right mindsets and culture in the team. So yeah, it's really promising to see how well they're doing, and they've got two super drivers. So, um, I'm in no doubt that they will at least be in with a strong fight of finishing third. Obviously, they're fighting Ferrari this year. Um, who are currently in fourth. Obviously, now that you have said that, that means both Daniel Ricciardo and Lando Norris are going to be eliminated in a horrific pile-up on the first <laughs> lap of the race. That mm-hmm. is all we have time for today. Apologies, it's a very short one, but we are both very busy with assessments, but it is a short one. Uh, hopefully, we will have a much longer one after the race for you, and hopefully it is a good race. So thank you very much for listening to us, and we'll see you on Sunday night. Goodbye. Bye-bye.